Welcome all. Here's another exclusive stunt and martial artists themed interview. My interviewee today is Judy Acosta. Welcome to the show. Hi, Cameron. Thanks for having me. I cannot complain. I'm glad you made it. So uh, tell us a little about yourself. Let's see. <laughs> no, I'm from West Texas. Yeah. <laughs> was born and born and born and raised in Odessa. Um, came out to Dallas um, over half my life ago. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Right. And uh, how did and, you get on the various reality shows and true crime uh, docu series and even TV shows like Queen of the South and The Walking Dead? Um, through casting background casting agencies and i had no idea even like i've always wanted to work in film and television um but i had no idea how it worked or anything and i guess back in the late 90s um i had a friend who was on a popular tv show and you know my friend was like hey you should get on his background i was like what is that <laughs> so that's kind yeah. of how I was introduced into that world. He um, also did a few zombie shorts and 24-hour like marathons, as well as a Doritos commercial, which featured an uh, extensive stunt fight. Oh, yeah, with uh, Manny Lerma. Um, I think I got stunt coordinator credit or co-stunt coordinator credit on that, actually. <laughs> nice. Manny is the one that taught me most of my martial arts moves and such. He is a boss. Yeah, yeah he is. Um, so yeah, from that show, if he ever picks up his damn phone, <laughs> <laughs> so crazy busy. Anyway, yeah. Um, what would you say I, for your icons and influences growing up? Just oh, um, like Lucille Ball. Oh yeah, Carol Burnett, um, Lucille Ball, and um, the comedians. Uh, the um, <laughs> Mary Tyler Moore. Nice. <laughs> like... Just all the classic comedians <laughs> of. Yeah, and Barbara Eden, of course. I was named after the character on the show I Dream of Jeannie. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Yeah, so, so when I, um, uh, my very first, um, like, job working on a professional production was on the new Dallas reboot. Um, actually, that wasn't my first one, but it was one of the first. Pretty close. What, what gets you up in the morning? What made you say, hey, I'm going to continually get involved in the entertainment industry following that gig? Oh, um, well, it was kind of crazy, actually, um, because I didn't actually start working in it until after my daughter had graduated and gotten married. Um, so when I first found out that I was going to have her, I thought my, world, my whole world was over because all I've ever wanted to do was be an actor. And so after she graduated, I was like, wait a minute, I can do anything I want. <laughs> now, nothing's holding me back. <laughs> I can do whatever and, I want. <laughs> yeah, so I decided to, um, well, I mean, I still had uh, my full-time job as a network administrator. Um, so I kind of hired someone underneath me to do my job. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> and I worked, you know, away from the office most of the time, um, which there was very little for me to do at that point. So I was able to like um, travel to like Houston, New Orleans, Shreveport. Um, still take a call once in a while. Without... Well, no, that's what I meant. Working, like, I was a traveling background actor for a while. Oh, okay. and it was the it was the most fun ever. Yeah, 
Yeah, right? you get it. <laughs> like good stuff. Yeah, I took care of my normal day job so I could go travel around for no money. No, I'm kidding. It pays. And if you're very frugal, uh, you can actually make uh, you know, a living out of it, not like a luxurious living, but yes, it was a lot of fun. And that's how I met, you know, everybody else. Um other casting agents um, through different actors and such. And um... we'll return after these messages. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. Yeah, not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. We let things pile up in the DVR. We add them to our queues. We wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays. We time shift. The Time Shifters podcast. Sci-fi, horror, fantasy, superheroes, comedy, action, film, television, maybe some not-so-current events. Find us on iTunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com. Cool thing about Blind Knowledge is we are in multiple countries. We are worldwide all across the globe. We are in the U.S. We are in the U.K. We are in Canada, Germany, India, Japan. We're in Australia, y'all. Blindknowledge.com. Now back to the feature presentation. Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto, all things that we love, all manga that were originally published in the legendary magazine Weekly Shonen Jump. But not every series can run for 300 chapters and have a hit anime. This is David. This is Jordan. We're the hosts of Shonen Flop. Each episode, we look at manga that ran and jumped that didn't quite make it. We discuss what it did wrong, what it did right, how the series could have turned itself around, and ultimately, was it a flop or not? Run all your favorite podcast apps, and you can find us at shonenflop.com. Keep on flopping, floppers. Very sweet. Um, but yeah, and, so that's how I got my gigs. And um, so, yeah, sorry, go ahead. And uh, who was the main uh, names that you say were really mentoring you in the um, stunt industry that just kept putting your name on the call sheet saying, this gal, she knows what to do. She's awesome. Get her on here. You know, so... Um, there were some kids at Legacy Casting, and also, um, I think she was like a second, second AD, maybe, or I'm not sure if she was just a PA, but uh, Michelle Mietti, um, she was really good, and Neve uh, Campbell, and Walita, um, <laughs> everyone at Brock Allen Casting, um, you know, they set me up on a couple of gigs where they were like needing a double for a stunt <laughs> and they're like, Jeannie, Jeannie can do it. So that was really cool. Totally. How did you get your body into shape for that? Doing just a lot of just falling onto cars and just, you know, zombie makeup and what have you. And um, let's see. Running around. Just, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm naturally an active person. 
and I think, and I, you know, eat clean for the most part. I'm, uh, I guess what people call a pescatarian. <laughs> no, awesome. No, that's exactly what my mother does. Just do a lot of veggies and then some fish here and there. Yeah, I do salmon. Um, they swim <laughs> upstream. <laughs> they swim upstream at the end of their life. So I feel, you know, like I'm just part of their cycle of life. Very maybe cool. it's just just maybe it's just justification on my part but you know it works for me <laughs> do you have any workout tips for those trying to get into stunts and martial arts oh stay active and cardio like condition your lungs okay yeah and stay flexible and <laughs> do some yoga and keep centered very sweet who's been your favorite celebrity encounter Oh, Billy Bob Thornton. I have no idea why. <laughs> nice. Maybe. What, what film set was it, that? It was pretty funny. And Linda Gray. I'm sorry. Um, oh. Let's see. Yeah, Linda Gray on, you know, obviously the new Dallas reboot. Um, okay. Well, not so new now, back in 2012. And, um, yeah, Billy Bob Thornton was on um, Our Brand is Crisis. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You were in that. And Yeah, yeah that uh, was actually one of the funner background gigs like you know other than my all-time fave of course fear it's a fun movie yeah. yeah it was and it's also because they actually like there was two charter buses full of um you know we were going to be uh what world did we play <laughs> um it's like Louisiana i can't remember that's in, bad right, right? Yeah. yeah it filmed right outside of new orleans in august and it was supposed to be winter <laughs> it was so freaking hot and it's like set in like buenos Aires or some bullshit like that and so it's just like <laughs> trying to make it look like a south american country and you're just like well we're doing our best yeah, yeah. And even in the winter time you know they were layered with clothes and stuff and it was like so humid and probably like 100 degrees in New <laughs> louisiana that's wild oh yeah weather. there was one point where i had a night uh, and not a nylon, a polyester undershirt that they had given me, and those are like hold in heat. Nice. Like I can <laughs> see how it. it'd be good during a real winter, but not like a like middle of summer Louisiana pretend winter. So oh, I was totally. dunking it in. Yeah, I was dunking it in our uh, water in our water cooler in the ice between takes. It was ridiculously oh, wow. hot. Yeah. Man. We had so someone actually. Uh, faint on set while we were filming. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, cool. they 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 had like the front page of TMZ of their website. <laughs> it was mm. nuts. So, you know, the industry can be pretty cutthroat. So, how do you channel out, you know, the negativity with positivity and tell others, hey, you know, focus on you. <laughs> Don't worry about the ego trains and all the other people who are nice one minute and then pricks the next, just focus right. on your craft. So what do you do to keep positive in between takes, in between gigs, and let alone just say, hey, I fear no one, I fear nothing? Um, staying positive, pretty much just surround myself uh, around uh, or with other positive people, Cameron, and I try to keep in touch with my grandkids as much as I can. Um, usually, you know, since they're kids, teenagers, tweens, Via text. <laughs> via text but um yeah they get grounded from their phones a lot <laughs> so, oh dear <laughs> yeah so when they get grounded i get grounded kind of lows <laughs> Tell them. but i understand yeah <laughs> my daughter, 
you might tell their parents, "Hey, Grandma Jeannie's coming to town." So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, my you know what, my daughter and her husband, they're they're the best parents ever. Like, yeah, I couldn't be prouder. <laughs> my grandkids on the other hand are like they're day. strict. <laughs> I, well, uh, trust me, it is hard. I've I've had other people where we've even I've even had to remind siblings, "Hey, I know you're old enough to know that." put away the phone. It's Thanksgiving, you know, it's at the dinner table, you know, we're here to socialize, not check Instagram. <laughs> right. I don't know what it is about the phone, but back before we had Instagram. Or, yeah. You'd you be know, playing around FaceTime. with your MP free player. Yeah. And you just had to say, Hey, okay. Interaction time. <laughs> oh, I forget Cameron. You're just a young buck. I'm like way older than that. I'm talking about like me being on my grandmother's rotary telephone <laughs> with my oh, there's rotary telephones there was even just playing with a cassette player or walkman and oh, saying yeah. okay the workout's over it's time to eat and you know be a family <laughs> so yeah i think it's uh, it's some sort of gene that they inherited from me i guess my kids anyway because <laughs> i remember getting in trouble for being on the phone <laughs> no nah, well i wasn't so much a phone guy i just kind of was I don't know. I got bored easily, so I would just twiddle my thumbs. <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> and so I could... like, nope, stay positive, be polite, no, you know, no inappropriate language. <laughs> oh, yeah. I totally went off on a tangent. So, yeah, stay positive. <laughs> Brain oh, good. For sure. And overall, I mean, uh, what do you want to try in the future that you haven't done yet? What kind of a gig would you like to be on? I want to, um, actually, it's like goes on the opposite side of the camera. Um, so I recently, you know, took like a PA class in Oklahoma City oh, at the Oklahoma Film and Television Academy. It was a lot of fun. Um, and it is um, run by two, um, a couple out of Los Angeles who moved to Oklahoma and started this film school and also opened up... Um, or built a studio, a, you know, professional production studio, um, Green Acres Studios. No, wait, I'm sorry. Um, That'd Green's, be great if it was named after wait, that Wait, hold on, wait. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't remember the name of the studio. Green um, Acres. <laughs> it's not Green Acres. Wait, is it Green Acres? It should be called Picket Fences or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it, it's named after, I guess, the area. Uh, where they bought the property uh, to build the studios. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm having, you know. It's all right. <laughs> they give you a bunch of uh, brains to pick while you were studying their craft. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, there was, I believe it was a, just a group of 12 of us. Um, and what's going on there is they're, you know, scrambling to get an entire you know crew of people that are able to work in production right get them um, trained get because them it's the industry in oklahoma is fairly new it's it's about yeah it's about maybe two yeah two years old and they don't have near enough the production crew so i believe it yeah it was a lot of fun i would see a lot of people who would come in there and it was kind of like arizona they'd film something obscure like a hallmark or a lifetime movie and then other times they'd get some semi you know low budget movie like two million dollar uh you know budget and you know film some obscure action or horror movie that would you know 
playing theaters yeah. or the direct video market and so no that's but, cool that they're picking up and they're saying hey <laughs> we need to make this industry remain alive <laughs> yeah no the oklahoma film and music office has i mean they're responsible for doing all the um lobbying for you know the incentive program that they have now and they've done such a great job um yeah i'm looking forward to actually moving to oklahoma <laughs> oh really okay yeah and, and, um, <laughs> oh yeah so on the other side yeah on the other side of the camera and it's more like the it's a different um i guess department or i'm assuming they get hired by the art department maybe the um the show car people mm, okay sweet <laughs> and you've done reality tv before so i could definitely see you working on one of those hgtv uh type realtor shows <laughs> oh, oh, oh oh yeah no but you know what you just gave me an idea <laughs> <laughs> thank you cameron <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be one of the cowboys doing the bidding eh, go for 200 going for 200 going for 250 what reality i'm sorry yeah no i did um let's see i was um i got to work on big rich texas and that was kind of fun um to see that side of the industry it's so um, quick isn't it yeah super fast and like also three hours yeah. 300 for the day get out of there <laughs> yeah um also oh like um scandal wait not scandal made me me, famous. yeah scandal made me famous that one and yeah. um i don't think i did any of the murder made me famous but also you know the that's sick. Um, <laughs> There's literally not much difference, but yeah, it was so wild. Yeah. Out. That was like a thing for like a hot second, and then Reels Channel like changed its programming, and now they're it's like there's well, different then, cable channels plugging it. <laughs> yeah, I know it's so nuts. <laughs> like the whole the, the whole watching part of it, you know, um, or streaming part of the industry is like taking me, you know, kind of swept me off my feet but on my butt really if you, if that makes sense no that's <laughs> like, true it seems like a lot of them will just kind of experiment and some of them will it's like for a while streaming you know was uploading stuff and then taking it down after a month now they're often keeping it up for a year before they pull the plug on it and same thing with kind of cable tv is like okay if you missed the initial airing or can't record it, we'll offer it to you on demand for the next five months. And now we're going to try out something totally different. So it seems like even the vice presidents of programming will change up their strategies a bit. And you don't know if they're being too experimental or just a little yeah. arrogant and just so, killing you before you audience. A, I haven't owned a television in decades <laughs> hey it's just easier to watch on your phone <laughs> yeah for real and um true i was never a huge watcher until i started you know having watch parties with my fellow background actors <laughs> oh really okay <laughs> and so then of course i got into like okay netflix and hulu um recently got a roku and could not believe like the other channels <laughs> that have you know, yeah people use pluto tv and it's like no need for any tv everything bootleg or, or not you can basically get TV. yeah but you can i mean there's titles on there and i used to work at a blockbuster video back when i lived in odessa oh, um jealous <laughs> but they have so many titles i've never even heard of 
yeah, there's a lot <laughs> the of fun. The fact that you got to preview <laughs> the tapes, and you're like, this is a, I'm not sure if this is a horror movie or a sci-fi movie, so I'm putting it in both sections. This is a sophomore <laughs> porn, so I'm not going to make this easy to for any kid to access. This is an action movie, but it doesn't have a rating, so it's either PG-13 or R, depending on the parent. <laughs> <laughs> It is more streamlined than that, but we did have um, the. We had the privilege of being able to watch whatever we wanted during our shift hours. Yeah. And so, you know, every shift we had like a television captain who got to pick what we watched. So, you know, there were times where one person in particular would play the same exact thing like all day long. So we'd go home with, you know, that movie in our head. For days nice hey. <laughs> i mean it wasn't nice all the time <laughs> no there's gonna be a dud there and there but like you say you get caught up on entertainment that you otherwise wouldn't have access to <laughs> oh yeah for real yeah for sure the worst part was having to check out tv shows because it's like okay i want to watch it but i only have disc three through five and disc one through two is missing <laughs> <laughs> and like you say, then the late fees, and you didn't rewind the tapes. What the hell? <laughs> Charging you extra twenty. Uh, yeah. Funny how that goes. Uh, so yeah, we had we had the coolest like automatic tape rewinders. They were so fast. <laughs> oh yeah, I I had one of those. Uh, it'd be funny how it goes. <laughs> yeah, it'd just be yeah. just instant, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> okay. And then it was done. Yeah. You're right, and then by 05, nope, tapes are dead. Fuck you, it's out. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, so how do you think everyone's adjusting to Blu-ray versus streaming? Is like the industry couldn't predict all these various like there's a there's they wanted to get rid of one or the other, and it's like people are still buying DVDs at gas stations, people are still doing Blu-rays at Redbox, and then people are still just waiting for any streaming platform. So why do you think the industry just tries too hard to overpredict itself when it can just acknowledge all kinds of avenues of success. <laughs> I'm not really sure. I'm like, I'm still like, I'm actually kind of shocked that people are still talking about Blu-ray and DVD. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I can believe it. Cause there's like every year, there's like just every month for that matter. There's like so many pages that'll announce new, like rare, hard to find movies that have been waiting for a remaster or kind of cult long lost movies. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, I've seen so many movies with, you know, A-list actors, but I meant, I'm guessing back in their day, even some more recent ones, like, and I say recent, like 2003. Oh, no, recent. totally. <laughs> That's like considered vintage almost, isn't it? <laughs> they they kind of do, and it, it's wild how when I was even having to prep for this podcast, I'd have to find certain movies. It's like, okay, I found a better deal on eBay because there's no way I'm paying 80 bucks for this item on Amazon. It's not worth that much and oh. for this collector's item. <laughs> and then at the other time, then you still go to movie trading company and all those other places, and you're like, uh, that's cool, but again, that item is so not 50. It's a 10, maybe 20 tops, you know, so I mean, you, you gotta just kind of call people on their bullshit. Oh, yeah. They'll pull prices out of their ass anyway, you know? <laughs> just to collect certain items and get certain yeah, things. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Someone once said <laughs> um, a pre-owned item is worth whatever you can get for it, so... Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, yeah but I know there's time. like some hard, diehard 
diehard collectors out there. There are, and some of them, I'm like, I, you must have a giant storage unit. There's no way you got all this in your house on your shelf anymore because you know and like you say it also stinks too when some people will just collect it just to own it but don't aren't going to actually watch it i'm like damn you <laughs> that's someone who actually wants it <laughs> sell it you know on mercari or whatever but yeah um and i just uh, uh even though you didn't watch too many movies and shows were there any particular ones that made you say hey i want to be on a project kind of like that it inspires me in some way um yeah well when i was a kid i watched television with my grandparents and we used to watch the original dallas <laughs> episode oh, okay <laughs> so yeah i always thought lucy's character was you know kind of spoke to me more than all the others so i was watching it religiously i think it was on on friday night um, i can see in a factory crushing grapes yeah, and then, you know, <laughs> doing some wacky faces, and it's just like, <laughs> did I do that? Yes, I did. <laughs> and you know, of course, Carol Burnett. I've always wanted to do comedy, and um, oddly, like I've never actually worked on any type of comedy other than, you know, a couple of scenes on Daddy's Home. Is that that's the one with uh, Will, Will Ferrell? Yeah, yeah, and Mark um, Wahlberg. Wahlberg mark yeah so that was that was a lot of fun um just like listening to some of the things that came out of Will Ferrell's mouth oh I bet <laughs> what did you were you just uh again being background talent or, or yeah featured part oh, of no, no. oh yeah I was just kind of sitting in the in the bleachers behind them during uh during the scene where you know they have the handicapped kid at the basketball game oh dear <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah, i remember that scene <laughs> nice yeah, uh, yeah there, there's still a bunch of uh sketch comedy improv uh, tr uh troops to be part of so i mean definitely give it a try yeah. it, so, it's, uh, it's so i just finished i just finished a kind of sketch a sketch writing class uh with Tom Booker on at the Institution Theater. <laughs> it was an oh, online sweet. class, but yeah, it was really fun. He's from Second City and coincidentally also was the administrator or, or the director of um, the Oklahoma Film and Television Academy where I just took those classes. And so okay. now I feel like, yeah, now I feel like the universe is like, look, there's no such thing as a coincidence. <laughs> You're on the right track. Very so, cool. Yeah. No, that, that is so cool, because isn't it wild how it kind of frees up your mind a bit? Now you can make decisions on the spot, as opposed to, hmm, not sure, hmm, you know, ask me in an hour, you know? Yeah, I know, yes, I, I think it is. Like, no, I'm serious, like, I took a college improv class, and, like, I, it freed me up, so now I was just like, you know, I'm gonna order a plane ticket, you know, <laughs> no need to decide, you know, when or where or how, just go, right, just sort go of. with it. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I've come to realize that I am, like, my voice is so much easier to understand on paper, <laughs> like, when I write it down. I like, can always see you doing a lot of dry comedy and just under just dry remarks or body language. Because <laughs> when, when I first met you, when we were doing extra work, extra work I, I saw how you kind of acted with your eyes a bit, like, when you were just observing the day players and everything. Oh yeah. So I can totally see visual. 
<laughs> oh, it counts for a lot. There's some people, they're very photogenic. They can play to the camera. So I wish oh, you the best. I, yeah, and I don't feel like I can. I think you can. <laughs> oh, you think? Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, I don't like, I don't, it's really hard for me to do, um, like, self-taped auditions because it's very hard for me to, like, look at myself. Well, I'm the same and, way. And I don't like how like, I look necessarily, but I at the same time, <laughs> you can do it. You can get it. It's just like my very, face is not doing what I expect it to do. <laughs> just a it takes a little more playing uh, in the mirror. But I know it's yeah. not. It's easier said than done. Yes. <laughs> if I'm giving a speech, I want it to be at a fun seminar or giving a toast to someone, not at a funeral. So, <laughs> but at the same time, you got to give equal uh, effort to both. So it's hard, like you say. It's right. got to be fun, and sometimes it's not fun. It's more. Just don't look like a fool. So <laughs> it's hard. So, um, yeah, I co-hosted um, a local talk show briefly with uh, Joaquin Fuentes, and it was, I think, the first uh, bilingual television show. I mean, the first one I've, I'd ever heard of. Um, Dallas, it Texas, was, yeah. Yeah, Dallas, Texas. It was called The Todo Un Poco. And so we filmed three episodes, but I believe only two of them were allowed to air. Yeah, the and, producer was like a bigot, homophobe or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we ended up <laughs> just walking, you know. Yeah, there yep. are people, values aren't what I imagined, you know, a religious networks would be. <laughs> it seems like it's pretty easy for a lot of producers to show their true colors, but fortunately, I think a lot of them are taking a hike because people realize... I, I don't know if it if it was so much the producer or the actual network because it was a religious network and so yeah that'll happen i don't too. know if it's okay to talk. you know what i'm gonna go ahead and talk about this because i don't think that it was a cool thing and i don't think that um being biased, biased, <laughs> <laughs> being biased against uh lbgtyq community i don't think being you know prejudiced against anybody really is a cool thing and they were not going to air the last episode that we actually filmed because our guest was gay and so we stood against you know their decision and we ended up at the entire you know like television show cast walked on it so i, mean, I felt like i've encountered that also at internet radio stations a lot of the time they'll ask you to do all this free work and like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. you asked me to do this and that uh, you got any gas money for that? <laughs> and yeah, right. uh, often they'll do the whole, ask me later, which is their way of, no, fuck off, do what I ask. <laughs> <laughs> and I encountered that a lot in college, so I was like, okay, I'm putting this on my resume, and I'm walking after five weeks, and it doesn't matter because we both win. You don't have to fuck with me, and I get something on my resume, and <laughs> people take my word for it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, I mean, luckily there wasn't, I mean, even if there had been contracts, I guess, like I would have made the same decision. Cause I feel yeah. like if, like, if I'm not going to stand up for something that's, you know, right or stand up because I believe something is wrong, then who's going to do it? Totally. If they're fucking around and not being respectable and it's like you're standing what you stand for. You know? Yeah, exactly. You can't be so, bribed. You can't be bought. <laughs> I mean, no one's really hit me with that yet. <laughs> Even then, I know. Eventually, it also but, comes down to is like, 
I know you're not going to air my content or make good use of my time and before you even affect my values. So it's just like, don't mess with me. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So, yeah. Uh, anything else that you want to plug that you believe you got coming up in the future? Um, well, you know, I did want to um, say something, like share this with um, your audience. Um, I, Please. you know, I, audience. I've been, I don't have I've, I know your audience. <laughs> I've, tra I've trained with, um, what do you call them, Cameron? <laughs> I'll try my best, but I don't know what kind of an audience I got. Hopefully it's a valuable, loyal one. <laughs> anyway, yes. I'm, I've, I've been working on, um, well, um, a director's reel, not my own director's reel, but I'm a part of someone else's director's reel. And I signed an NDA, so that's all I can really say about it. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to create um, something from scratch and it's going to involve stunts. And so I've been working um, with Mark D'Alessandro. Um, and yes. like he has an action acting seminar um, that I've taken. And for those it, who don't know, he's best known for doubling and uh, stunt coordinating Sylvester Stallone's movies. Yeah, um, like over 30 of them. He's been in the industry a long time. He actually received a Lambo Award, which is I, like, you know, an elite that. stunt industry award. So that was very cool to watch him, you know, get you that. Think, it was a life, Lifetime Achievement Award. So. Do you think they'll ever air it on the internet? Because like they used to do Taurus World Stunt Awards and then they stopped airing those like after 07, 09. It's weird. Really? I didn't know they ever aired them, but, huh. Yeah, I saw them on AMC one year. They were hysterical. It was hosted by The Rock, and there's a lot of other just giant stunt faces, and it was just, it was fun. And they just stopped airing them after a while, like on the Fox channels and everything. You're just like, why? This is fun. This literally is the Academy Awards of stunts. Yeah, I think it's like, as, um, you know, as an industry, like stunt in itself they would even do stunts at the actual award shows there was one guy he like looped in to like give another giant guy an award it was like that's awesome <laughs> i think that's cool too i think it's really cool yeah i don't think i think they're underappreciated you saw the famous people even thanking their doubles in person it was gerard butler before he was a thing he sutherland all these other guys i think tom cruise was being honored so it's just like they, yeah he does a lot of his own stunts i saw something i saw a funny video on tiktok uh not long ago and he was on an airplane and i guess someone offered him a drink and he was like, one, I don't drink, and two, I do my own stunts. And then he said something about being on the wing of the plane. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah. Nice. So, well, looking forward to that. I'm glad you're getting to work with a great mentor. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and uh, so, uh, anyone else who would, you would love to work with in the future who you're just a fan of their work or just have heard great things about and just love to get in their roster? Um, I want, I would like to work with uh, Michelle Rodriguez, like yes. most definitely, obviously. <laughs> She's one of my heroes. <laughs> Girl Fight, baby. Yeah. Girl Fight 2, yeah. starring Jeannie Acosta. <laughs> <laughs> And um, so, yeah, there's two Michelle Rodriguez. So not the one on the new um, Charmed. 
you know, series, but... Um, I didn't know there was another Michelle Rodriguez. No, I took it, you meant the one from <laughs> Avatar and Fast and Furious. <laughs> yeah, no, she's awesome. Yeah, she's definitely somebody that I've looked up to, um, you know, on screen. So I'd love to work with her. You'd like to, you feel like you could also be a voice of the Latino community in a way in film? Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I think we have a lot of voices as it is. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. And it, seems, and it doesn't help that there's sometimes a well-meaning project, but yet they're still giving a lot of Latino Americans gangbanger roles. So it's like, okay. Yeah, it's hard as a, it's hard as, okay, so I like doing period pieces and I have yet to find one where there's actually women that are, you know, riding the horses and. Right, you're you being know, a cowgirl or just some yeah, other. Yeah, like not just uh, doing some Indian ritual dance, you know. <laughs> right, where you're, anything where you're not doing a derogatory dance or being a servant or just. <laughs> a drug mule. <laughs> uh, yeah, a drug mule or someone who's been taken hostage. You know, it's like you'd like to be at least. <laughs> Uh, at least give Jeannie one role where she's at least playing a detective in the background, arresting someone, or, <laughs> or I don't oh, know, yeah. an interrogator. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of detective, um, I wasn't actually a detective. I played a, a police a police officer, and we were just featured background. But Katrina Katz went to bat for me one day. They didn't have a police uniform that was small enough for me. And she was like, well, you need to go find one. I thought that was really cool of her. <laughs> no, that is cool. It's like, She's I like, mean, we're going to make you a cop. If <laughs> like, you're awesome. just a detective, you technically don't need a uniform. You need a badge and a suit. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah. No, I was a cop. I was a police officer. So it was cool. That was on Run, Fight, Hide with, um, oh, Treat Williams and... Um, yeah, the John... Die Hard in a School movie that was made for Ben Shapiro's crazy ass network. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats, you're in an alt right movie. <laughs> 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 Let's get you in a movie, which is actually good. <laughs> oh shit! So, uh, anything else you'd just like to just be on? Like any ideas that are coming to you that you're just waiting to unleash with the right person who can actually be trusted to create your vision? <laughs> um. I'd like to be on another um, one. I mean, he's a local um, filmmaker, uh, Chaz Buchanan. Okay. Um, he's, he's got some, you know, what is it, noir-type films. And he actually gave me my first paid role. <laughs> and it's my first. fatal, seducing the hero, yada, yada. <laughs> and the, what was it? No, I actually had, like, a very minor role. Um, and no, I'm I just was, saying in the future you might be one of those. <laughs> You'll be the gal who takes the hero on an adventure. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd be a good villainess, though, villainess. I'm still a bank with me. <laughs> <laughs> I killed bad people me. because they need to die. <laughs> oh, you'd be the vigilantius. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's even a word. <laughs> you know, it depends on who you're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to break the law for the right reason. Yeah, for the greater good. <laughs> Shoot rapists in the dick. 
I killed those yeah. who need killing. Uh, Bad people shouldn't be protected. <laughs> yes, you don't get any rights. We're taking you to a foreign country where you've got no rights. I'm going to beat you to death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. the plural. <laughs> Not politically correct. Yeah, no. So, pretty awesome. And uh, what else would you... I'd I'm like sure to really I'd like to portray like the female Lucifer. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> just someone who could just basically open up a monkey's paw, just web, just show how people just are addicted or lust after stuff that they know they can't have and that if they were to find they would just abuse the privilege of. <laughs> you just expose their hypocrisy. <laughs> And well, yeah, you something, know, I'm something a, along those lines. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a demon. I just showed you what an asshole you were. <laughs> what do I know? I can't die. <laughs> and your soul is mine now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about like more like real like sins. <laughs> uh, okay. Like sins against other people, not yourself. Does that make sense? <laughs> uh, okay. Just because like I feel like if someone aspect. wants to be a yeah, if someone wants to be a glutton, you know, that's on them and they have to deal with themselves, you know, but I don't feel like they're hurting anyone else. Oh, no, I'm so, not even meaning that. I'm meaning more just like people who take advantage of other people. Oh, yeah, for sure. They wouldn't have never <laughs> done it Those people, unless absolutely. they were presented with that. <laughs> they were great until they got $2 million and they sold out and basically, you know, ruined a bunch of lives and had no shame about it. And they're just waiting to, you know. Oh yeah, dose or heart attack. Take down the pharmaceutical like heads. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, all the corporations who basically affect everything keep driving. Yeah, hey, raise the prices. Don't put it down. We're we need we need you. Yeah, uh, like so allow you, people to die. <laughs> there you go. So, but <laughs> not of their own free will. <laughs> right, just because. Eh, thank you. We extorted you. Die now. And so, exactly. yeah, you would be exposing all those other criminals in uniform that basically is basically meet them at a fundraiser and say, and by the way, you now have cancer. But don't worry, you've only been inflicting that with your pharmaceutical drugs for the last 20 years. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so you're basically, you're basically the candy man. You're the wish master. You just snap your fingers and bad things happen. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Write it for Jeannie, guys. Write it. Hell, fuck. I'll write it. <laughs> <laughs> I will write it, and she will have fun with the role. Absolutely. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> All right. I will take you up on that. I will just have to find a time, budget, and wait for COVID to fucking end. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So how do you feel about the vaccinations, Cameron? <laughs> Am I allowed to ask? Yeah, well, is, you put me on the spot, so I can't back is that, down. Is now, that so. too political? <laughs> or too political? Not like we're ever politically correct, but um, yeah, I, it's your free will. Take it or don't. Just socially distance, and you know, anyone can get it. You know? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, same. Just don't be a dick and cough in my face. <laughs> right. <laughs> I feel fine. Oh. <laughs> like if you're close enough to my face for me to cough on it, well, <laughs> I feel people should be social distancing. Like should have been social distancing prior to COVID. Yeah, well, it doesn't help when we gotta 
free to ignore the main rule state. <laughs> you what? It doesn't help when so many states want to basically not acknowledge all the distancing rules. It's fine. Everything's fine. All the people oh, who yeah, had like... it died. <laughs> we'll get it next <laughs> month. Everything will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be fine. Uh, so, uh, just final closing thoughts that you just would like to inspire the world with. Mm. You knew you were going to ask me something I had to think about. Yeah. <laughs> How dare I make you think? <laughs> yeah, mind your behavior around young people because they pick up and mimic more than we realize. Be a good role model. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Don't be. And have uh, more compassion. Have more compassion. There you go. I dig it. Don't don't uh, be true to your word. Don't screw people over. Don't be a baby mama to someone's kid. Don't be the guy who everyone remembers as the douche in you know high school. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, wait, wait. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Don't be a baby mama to somebody's kid. <laughs> well, I just mean just like don't. Uh, uh, you see it all the time where there's sugar daddies and all those guys are basically just. <laughs> essentially impregnating people and then not taking responsibility is like dude uh, you're technically you're, the, you're the dad or you're the mom to this person's kid come on <laughs> be there <Right>. step in <laughs> don't like, have them be good. a bastard wondering who they are like, no kidding like good god woman like he has more than one kid more than one baby mama why are you going to add yeah to why are you going to add to that <laughs> Let alone, oh, that's just it too. And then when the spouse and I are starting the argument, like tries to return that person is like, why do you trust this person? They're scum <laughs> who impregnated you, got you in this problem. Why do you want to go back to them? Just find their ass until you can't, you know, milk them anymore. And the, but you know, hook up with someone reliable as opposed to keep, you know, prank calling them, saying, get over here. <laughs> yeah, like a kid's not gonna save your relationship. I feel well, like that's what a lot of people think. <laughs> I don't know, it might, but I don't think well, that well. it doesn't help that there's a lot of people who have kids but don't want to be responsible for them. I'm like, that is shit. Oh, yeah, I agree. And I feel you like... owe that some, kid a life. <laughs> no kidding. Like, it's, they didn't ask to be here. Um, I, um, hang on, Cameron. So oh. I, I, I feel like <laughs> someone told me, how did that happen? I, someone told me that um, I had communistic views because I said... What? I said that I don't feel like people should be allowed to have more than one child if they can't afford the first one. That's just common sense. But yeah, there are a lot of <laughs> religious crazy guys who do the whole, oh, you don't have the right to do this or that. You must sacrifice your entire life. And it's like, and isn't it funny how a lot of the people saying that don't have kids? It's like, screw you. I don't see you giving up your life. <laughs> Political and religious rule. <laughs> right. I mean, it's easier to brainwash well, them. <laughs> Not that's, that's messed up yeah no but you're right it probably is easier um and i had a good friend tell me one time that it's always easier um to not do anything than to do the right thing and um because i do as i, I say having, like, not as i do <laughs> I, I was having i was having a tough time after having to you know like punish my daughter and you know for something that i don't remember what it was but you know it kind of hurt my heart to have to do it and so yeah my friend jennifer said it's always easier not to do anything than to do the right thing so i 
totally believe that. And yeah, I think people should just step it up. No, I totally concur. Because I was just blessed to even just be in a family where instead of being ruled by fear or don't do that, I got why you know they were going the wrong way like don't do this people will think you talk this way or act that way or that we're bad parents you know and just i i was socially aware of how it affects everyone's you know peer review of you let alone just being yourself it's like don't disrupt class don't be the guy who's you know getting everyone in trouble or you know and you know it wasn't easy you know i had siblings who would throw away their homework you know not (laughs) and so it's like yeah don't do that either because guess what (laughs) yeah it does you zero good to and you know don't i also just realized (laughs) early on the predicaments of every situation how every you know it was a lose-lose scenario there was gonna inevitably be disruptive classmates there was gonna be teachers who were abusing their privilege and oh I yeah, just, that was that's the dark side a, of the whole. Totally, and, and, and it's just so bad how there's just double standards lacking on either side of the argument. And so I just said, "Hey, school's a prison. I want to get out of this so-called prison. So, attending school, what I learn, I do. If I don't learn it, I just get through it. You know, just move on. Don't don't be a victim. Don't be the guy who had to repeat a grade. Don't be that dick. Don't be that loser. You know." <laughs> Yeah, and always stand up for yourself. <laughs> stand up for yourself. I dude, I do that. I I didn't even go to the proms or any of the uh just any other social interactions. It just wasn't my scene. Like I just didn't get along with certain people. So I was like, well, why would I want to hang out with them? And I gotta already attend the same class with them. So it's just find your own I, it's, neighborhood. It's hard college. for me to imagine you not getting along with someone, Cameron. <laughs> I, I you'd be surprised. I, I just had so many people who were just toxic. And like, I just wasn't digging the negative energy in the room. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> like I had classmates, like guys who were like the class clowns who were kind of slut shaming before I even knew what that meant. I had gals who I were just kind of still don't know what that means. <laughs> basically, it's just guys who act like you know women are just you know, uh, you know, money grabbers, you know, gold diggers. <laughs> what is that term <laughs> and, again? You know, gold diggers. You know? No, the term that you used. Slut shaming. Slut shaming, yeah, I've never heard that term before. <laughs> okay, so basically, yeah, it's just, it would be like they pull in uh, a guy getting off to porn and then just acting like the gal, oh, she doesn't deserve money. She doesn't deserve any love or affection. It's like you're getting um, off on this and you're shaming her for doing her job, which you love. And it's just like, it's a, again, it's a lack of a double standard. It would be like, I mean, you kind of do that with entertainers. It, it would be like, uh, let's say you buy a fi- famous person's movies and then essentially act like they're scum of the earth, even though you've been investing time and money into their career and supporting them all this time. It's like, no, <laughs> you're also right. wrong for acting like they're a terrible person when you're enabling them. So, you know, it, it's it's just one of those tricky things. It's hard to pin down, but usually, I mean, like we have one pal who I won't name on here, uh, but uh, you know, you and I were hanging out with him and he was kind of doing that around other people. And it was oh, just yeah. like, yeah, is like, guess what? It, you're hanging out with some of these people and you're taking advantage yeah. of them. And guess what? Uh, you don't get the right to talk shit about them when you're, and then hide behind the, I believe in God card. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I agree with you there. 
and but yeah I, it wasn't easy i mean so i would always just see people in school kind of doing the whole you know i'm the popular kid in school i'm rich yada yada and that just was a turnoff for me and i would see gals who just wanted to be girlfriend just because but didn't really know what it mean meant and i so i again i just I was, I didn't let school get in the way of me. I just focused on the education and got the fuck out of there. And then finally actually found my persona, found myself during college. That's when I said, okay, now I know what the hell I want to do with my life. What this has all meant this first 10 years of my life. But that's easier said than done. (laughs) Did you take a class? Is that where it hit you? It was a bit of that. I took an economics class and I realized, you know, what I had already been kind of been told, you know, words have power and meaning, let alone just developing my persona. Ironically, I even joked about what kind of jobs and coincidentally enough, that's exactly where I'm working now. I'm working as a security guard. I was just joking in class, maybe I should be a security guard. And <laughs> 10 years later, so, here I am. But, yeah, you know what's crazy is the power of our words when we're younger. Um, I remember like an I aptitude could never test. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> an aptitude test. <laughs> no, I'm saying like you said, you want to be a security guard. Well, during an aptitude test, like I was the last person, you know, in class, I didn't finish yet. And one last question was baffling me. Like, where do you see yourself like 10 years from now? And it's so, so crazy and it was, like, scary five or 10 kinda, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, like, what do I say to that? I know. And I had just, I just heard, I don't remember my sister talking, someone talking about a BMW and somebody else talking about margaritas. So I was like driving a BMW drinking margaritas on a beach. <laughs> so, yeah, I found, myself, awesome. I found myself on South Beach, you know, driving a BMW <laughs> drinking margaritas. But you know, like, but you know why? Because you, you legit believed it. You, you. You saw yourself around the way, and it just naturally came to you because you never, <laughs> you never. And Jeannie, all the time I've known you, what I've admired about you, and I'm not bullshitting, I'm not ego stroking here, is I, and just whenever I would get into deep conversations with you, you just always came off as the person's like, I'm not asking for anyone's permission. You know, I'm not a housewife. <laughs> I am not. I am not asking for any again interference. It's like what I do is my business and my time. And so I thought that was pretty cool because I would see plenty of other people and it just seemed like they were on a leash, like they had a controlling spouse or they had just stupid, avoidable bullshit. Like they were just miserable underneath all the occasional fun they were having out in public on movie sets and other fun networking events. And I was like, that's terrible to hear. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Having that leash. Or like in any job where you see people who are just miserable at their job. Uh, I don't understand I, why. Last free jobs, it. I had workers who had literally zero backbone. They were like five days away from having a heart attack if they didn't oh, get wow. that inevitable day off. Like you just saw it in their eyes. They feared everyone. They feared the boss. They would even accuse other people of stealing when they were just being insecure about the world and causing more office politics and melodrama. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. This isn't for you. Yeah, yeah no I'm kidding. It up. I'm just keeping my thoughts to myself. I know my boss is a dick. Guess what? Something better will come around. And <laughs> I even got put in a position where I had to choose, you know, get fired or quit. And I said, I'm going to quit because I know that'll look better on my resume. And you, you know, I've been working my ass off and you, it got to this point and you're just now telling me you haven't liked what I've been doing. When you had all the time in the world, you could have said something. 
but I know that's not how you roll because you're insecure your own self. I see it in your eyes, Mr. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, Isn't that but yeah, crazy? <laughs> it's so second nature because I think a lot of people do kind of have very controlling and strict mentors growing up and they just do the whole it's kind of like people who are pressured to marry young or just go to church in a certain go in <laughs> church it. go to family <laughs> business do what i've been telling you to do all your life even though i didn't never asked you if that's what you actually wanted to do so you get again all this peer pressure and sometimes you got to just cut out those demons and i know it's easier said than done because sometimes again fear about binds people especially at a younger age so yeah I see a lot of people, they would do the whole, oh, I'm, I'm afraid he's going to fire me. I'm like, if he's going to fire you, then he clearly doesn't appreciate you. And yeah. if you've been, and he's going to talk shit about you if you ask to use him as a reference. So this is already a losing streak, so you might as well. And unfortunately, we're told to trust people at a younger age, and that's not necessarily true. There's going to be plenty of people who are the source of the cancer in your world. So how do you cut it out? Yeah. Backs you and breeds. <laughs> you just have faith and do it. Have faith and do it. Uh, so thank you ever so much for being on here. Sorry, we got, man, we got dark, didn't we? <laughs> I know, sorry. <laughs> but, but no, it's just part of life. And, you know, I think all we're the time. like the form of light. <laughs> I think, yeah. It's a light more people way go of looking and at spread dark wisdom. Yeah, or spread, you know, information. Didn't get too cute for our own good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't can't be taken seriously. <laughs> <laughs> also, so, I wish you the best of luck. And uh, if I see any cool gig on Staff Me Up or anything, I will let you know. Oh, same here. Thank you. And thank you for having me. There. No, thank you. This was a lot of fun to do. <laughs> Bye, Cameron's audience. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a